Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Always good to be with you guys on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max with Harry Douglas and Keyshawn Johnson and Freddie Coleman, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80, as well as your smart speakers. You're going to find out in 10 minutes how it's really going for Aaron Rodgers and his new group of wide receivers still trying to be one of the best teams in the NFC. That comes away in about 10 minutes. Deshaun Watson had a chance to play over the weekend for the Cleveland Browns for the first time. Had a chance to play against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But before that game, when he talked to News 5 in Cleveland, he said this about apologizing to people that were affected by his off-the-field actions. I'm truly sorry to all the women that I've impacted in this situation. Um, my des- decisions that I made in my life that put me in this position, um, you know, I, w- I would definitely like to have back. But I want to continue to move forward and grow and learn and, and show that, you know, I am a, a true person of, of character and I want to keep pushing forward. The easy question key is why now, or in this case, why then before playing that preseason game against Jacksonville? Well, it's Friday? easy. It's the easy question, right? But the hard answer is I don't really know. True. That's, that's, that's yeah. a hard answer. That's fair. Um, I guess I have to look at it and say to myself, when you go back several months, and I, and I don't know the exact timing right, of the dates and things of that nature, but several months prior to – him um, being traded to the Cleveland Browns, he wasn't going to issue an apology because that apology could be eventually used against him. When he says things like the women that I hurt, things of that nature, now mm-hmm. all of a sudden the defense team, or not the defense team, the, the, the prosecutors or whoever's trying to bring on criminal charges against Deshaun on top of the silver stuff can point to those sort of things. So I think from his team of people that's been working with him is – his agents or, or his uh, crisis management team, PR people, certainly strategically put this in place now because it makes more sense to do it now than before because if you do it before, you essentially, people would say, oh, see, he's admitting to the things that is being said about him. And now, does it alleviate anything, Harry? Does it make things go away? Probably not. How sincere is he in those apologies is what now people want to see and hear. They want to know. And that that was my only thing. Like, when you look at the entire situation, my thought process saying, okay, why hasn't Deshaun Watson at this point delivered an apology? And what Key just mentioned is the exact thoughts that I had. Mm -hmm. Okay, how can he make this apology – but then do it in a way to where it doesn't sound incriminating to, right. to himself. Like, you know what I mean? Because yeah. he was still proclaiming his innocence at the same time. And steadfast in it. Exactly. But then you don't want the prosecution to be like, you know what? He's apologizing. Why is he apologizing if he didn't do anything? So it's a whole bunch mm-hmm. of different angles you can go with it. I don't necessarily agree with the way the apology went down. Because from the simple fact that I don't think right before a preseason game, that's the right time to do it. I don't think standing up in a hallway with a reporter is the right time to do it. That's just me personally. I, I don't feel like that was the right time and the place to do it. Um, if I'm going to do something to, to that magnitude, I'm going to probably be sitting down. You know what I mean? Because you can seem a little bit more remorseful when you're sitting down in a setting and you, you're doing that, standing up and – it seemed like it was a one-off. Yeah, he probably, exactly. he, he, and I understand what Harry is saying, but what I would say is maybe there's a conference level with the individual that he disclosed Correct. this information to. Maybe there's a conference level. Maybe he doesn't trust 
a sit down with somebody on ABC News. And a, True. You know, we want ABC News, 6 o'clock, exclusive. That's what we want. But mm-hmm. he could have had a sit down with her, though. I just, that whole standing I understand. up. No, yeah. I understand, but she probably caught him coming through. you right. And it was, a, you know, right no. then there, he's like, okay, I'm going to give her this nugget no. to, you know, give her an exclusive or whatever the case may have been at that time. So I don't know that there was a, I don't know that there was a right time to do it. Okay. I don't know if there was a wrong time or a right time. It was the time. It. Huh? It was that time. It was, it was probably just the time that he felt right then at that moment. Okay. Somebody's asking me. So now I'm just going, nobody's around. It's just me and her. I'm going to give it to her and I'm going to go on about my business. Keyshawn Johnson, Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman, and Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio. We're still waiting. Whatever decision is going to be made by the former attorney general in New Jersey that was commissioned, and that's the word I'm using here, that was commissioned by Commissioner Roger Goodell to appeal the suspension that was handed down by Sue L. Robinson of six games and no fine. The NFL wants him out for a whole year. I still don't believe that's going to happen, but there's going to be some money coming out of his pocket. I wonder if it's going to be a 10 to 12 game suspension. And the NFL was very judicious, making sure that they were going to wait till after he played his first preseason game to make a decision. This is what I have my antennas up that. I understand the NFL wanted it to be an entire season, but if you wanted that entire season and things to be indefinitely, what is what, what is what are we waiting on? Like, what is the like? Just why, do it already, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, what, what are we waiting on? Well, I'm sure that there's uh, in these type of situations. Well, what are they waiting on? There's a yes. lot of there's a lot of uh, dotting of the I's and crossing of the T's just from a legal standpoint. standpoint yeah. They can't just you know you you know how there's just so yeah. much legal technicalities that that are involved in this sort of stuff that mm-hmm. they probably got to do it a certain way. Yeah. Um it's just interesting that you use the word commission for the new person that's going to be overseeing the suspension the hearing and Sue L. Robinson made a choice and a decision. Mm-hmm. And now the league is like, nah. mm-hmm. so how does that make the league look? Exactly. Now that the league didn't get their way now they decided to go over her head. So what is she there for? Why did we yeah. bring her in? And when she hands down the law the way she sees it, we go over her head and go around her to do something different. Because she did based on precedent from the National Football League where they had done in cases yeah, like this. She basically called the National Football out for their past doings and uh, the way they mishandled situations in the past. But I also truly believe when you have Sue L. Robinson in that position and you don't you know, issue the punishment that, you know. But that's her, it was her decision to issue that punishment, right? I I understand that, but the NFL is now in a position to to come look like the savior. Yeah, but Which is crazy to me. Yeah, it is crazy. But why do you have her in place? In place, you're supposed to to allow her to do her job. Right. And you and the NFL Players Association agreed on her. And does it mean that she didn't, I, I guess my question to I you. I do have a problem with the simple fact that they agreed upon that, but then Roger Goodell still gets the final say. Absolutely. And I understand yeah, in that's, what, that's why I'm like, like confused. That, yeah, so am because I. you hired her to do her job. Mm-hmm. Are you telling us she didn't do her job? That's what the NFL is saying because they want Deshaun Watson suspended for a year. So why is she in play then? Be- you know why she was in play? Because the NFL did not think that she was only going to suspend him six games and not find him. Okay, so now what do you do with her? Well, they told her judgment means nothing. Based so on what, what do you, you just do said. with her? Now, do you do 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 she come back into play next time something no. comes up like this? The NFL is going to make sure that somebody's going to be on their side to give them what they want from now on. 
It's not going to be a Sue L. Robinson. It's going to be more Peter Harvey, the former attorney general in New Jersey. The NFL. But what took, if he doesn't give it to him? Well, then, then that's a great question because what if he decides that, hey, Sue L. Robinson was right. She, based on present of previous instances with you and the fact of lack of discipline problems in terms of making the right discipline happen with NFL players, if he agrees with her, then what is Roger Goodell going to say? Because he commissioned him thinking that he's going to give us what we want. Yeah. We want that guy suspended more than six games. And by the way, if we could take 250000 bucks out of his behind, that's what we want. What if Peter Harvey decides, to your point, Ken Harry, what if he decides to agree with her? The NFL can't commission somebody else. It's like going to a doctor getting or, a third opinion. You got cancer. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get a second opinion. Hey, you got cancer. I'm going to get a third opinion. That's what the NFL wants. They want what they want on their own terms. Well, what if he just gives them eight or ten games? Even still, like, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, what is the NFL going to do? I think, is I Roger Goodell going to say, you know what? I'm going to. Not enough. <laughs> I, think he, I think he should get a year, but that's just me. Not me, me um, and you both. You know. You both think he should get a year. Now, I will say I mean, no, this. No, put it this way. What's, what was given to him is given to him. I okay. think it should have been a year. Okay. Uh, me personally. All right. Now, you too? I, I don't agree with Sue L. Robinson viewing the past NFL history in this case. Sure. Like, I didn't agree. I'm not going to say. Everything's not the same. Exactly. But she did bring to light that the mishandlings of the NFL in the past, she did okay. bring those things to light. Now, granted, when she's reviewing this case, don't tell me about what happened, ABC, back back then. Just focus on right now. Your Fair. job is to, is to understand to do this right now in the ratings. Yeah. I'm surprised he only got six games from her. Me too. I thought for sure that was going to be 12 or a whole year. I thought for sure that was going to be the case. But we're still waiting on that when it comes to Deshaun Watson. He had his apology over the weekend. We'll see if that has any effect on what suspension could be added on to the one that was enforced by Sue Robinson that the NFL did not want. Keyshawn J. Will and Max and ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, sits X and Channel 80, as well as your smart speakers. We go from that quarterback to another quarterback. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have Devontae Adams, but what him worry? He's got new dudes, and he's ready to get that going to see – if Green Bay can be among the best teams in the NFC, always great to have Rob Domofsky. Green Bay Packers reporter. Hit him on Twitter at Rob Domofsky. Does a great job covering the Green Bay Packers, part of ESPN NFL Nation. Before we get to Aaron Rodgers, Rob, we're going to start with Jordan Love. He threw three interceptions and two touchdown passes over the weekend in their preseason game versus San Francisco. What is the feeling regarding him coming out of that game from the other day? Yeah, Freddie, if you just looked at the stat sheet, you'd say, well, kind of same old Jordan Love, right? Like, can't quite, you know, play consistent, a little bit like what we saw the first two years, especially last year in Kansas City. But if you listen to Matt LaFleur and you watch the tape, you know, he basically absolves Love of responsibility on all three, which is which is fine. But ultimately, he still threw three interceptions, right? Like, you know, it doesn't matter whose fault it was. It's it's on the quarterback. And, and they're so used to, um, around here, Freddie, a quarterback who never throws interceptions. I mean, Rodgers is historically, you know, low in terms of interceptions. He's, he's great at touchdown-interception ratio. So while he looked better and he threw the ball with more authority and he's practiced much better – the bottom line is he still had three interceptions. Yeah, Rob, it, it, look, and, and I'm one to, to point out the interceptions too, but Matt LaFleur is right in assessing yeah. the film and looking at it. When you talk about the last interception, for instance, now could have had a better throw than Romeo Dobbs' interception to the sideline, kind of threw yeah. it slightly behind him instead of bringing him downhill on the flat. And then when you look at the Rodgers interception, the Imani Rodgers interception at the end, Imani Rodgers yeah. ran a bad route on a cover two man. 
He went up the right. field instead of shaving it downhill and giving him better target points. So Matt LaFleur is, is right in that instance. The interception early on off the hands of the tight end, he threw it a little hard. You need to know your personnel. Mm-hmm. And next yep. time, throw it a little softer. He's right there in front of you. You don't need to be throwing a 90-mile-an-hour fastball. So those are yeah. things that come with experience for Jordan yep. Love. Let me ask you this, yeah. though. Go ahead, Rob. No, I was just saying you're, you're absolutely right about all those, Key. And, and the other thing on the one to Rodgers, there was another guy that ran the wrong route on that same play. There were two receivers that ran the wrong route. Hmm. And, and I think you're right with experience. Maybe he just throws that ball away, though, right, instead yeah. of – Instead yeah. of, you know, trying to make that throw. Will he ever get the experience, though? When Aaron Rodgers yeah, is there, will he ever get the experience? <laughs> but, but I'll tell y'all, because yeah. I, I've run that route uh, against two-man coverage. The thing is that Amari Rodgers, he, he kind of got jacked up a little bit trying to force the inside. You don't, don't force the inside if you know he's not going to let you in there. But I thought yeah. if the ball would have just been placed a little bit further to the right-hand side, he still could have made the play because the DB had his back turned. The problem is yeah. that he threw it behind him, and the DB, when he turned around, the ball just fell in his hands. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you guys are, are much better at uh, analyzing the film than I, have, than I am because you know it. And, you know, to get to your point, Key, like, will he ever get the experience? This is such an important offseason for Jordan Love and for the Packers as it relates to Jordan Love, right? Because, you know, ultimately, like, he needs to show – that he can be a really good quarterback in this league for two reasons. One, so that uh, if the Packers decide that they want to trade him, that they can actually get something for him. Or two, if this is it for Rodgers, then they can feel comfortable going into the next season with him as their starter. Either way, they need him to take a big step. And now I will tell you guys this. He has taken those steps in practice. He, he looks so much better every day when we watch him in practice. He's throwing the ball with much more uh, authority. He's throwing it with much more confidence and, and, and accuracy. And, you know, his footwork, uh, Rogers has commented on how much his footwork has improved. And Rogers is a big believer in, you know, how you throw the ball is, is directly related to how your feet are set. And, you know, remember when the Packers hired Tom Clements back as their quarterbacks coach and, yeah. and everyone was like, well, Aaron Rodgers just hired his personal quarterbacks coach, which is true. But one of the, I guess, perhaps unintended consequences of it is that he's gotten the chance now, uh, Love has gotten a chance now to work with Clements, who Rodgers has always credited for developing him into an NFL quarterback. I mean, remember early on when Rodgers came in the league, he carried the ball way up by his ear hole and he had this just sort of odd delivery. Well, Tom Clements is the one who basically remade Aaron Rodgers' throwing motion. Rob Namowski, ESPN Green Bay Packers reporter, joining us this morning on Keyshawn J. Will and Max. Let me ask you this, uh, talking about the future of Jordan Love. They will have to make a decision on a fifth-year option for him, correct? So let's assume they don't don't pick it up, which I don't think they will. They don't pick up the fifth-year option. Now he becomes an unrestricted free agent with no market, right? Aaron Rodgers still mm-hmm. wants to play no market. We've seen him for four years. We know what he is. Do the Green Bay Packers extend him a small, somewhat of a token two- to three-year type contract right? and keep him in the fold until Aaron Rodgers retires, or do they allow him to just walk out the door because there's no market for him, so he's not going to get anything on the open market at all? Do they do that? That is – 
Yeah, that is that that is basically the question of the next uh, probably 10 months or eight, nine months or so, because they have to decide by next May. So May of 2023, whether they pick up that option. Now, he will be back here for the 2023 season as uh, that's his fourth season. But by by May, you have to decide whether you're going to pick it up. And then there, there, there are guarantee issues um, with that fifth year, and it's, it's probably going to be about $20 million. Uh, you know, can you, can you do that for a guy who's basically never played? Um, those are all organizational questions that, that they're going to have to answer. And, and I would agree with you. I don't see how they pick up the fifth-year option. But if you're Jordan Love, do you take, you know, the small, uh, yes. you know, the small extension? Uh, or do you try to test – or, yeah, or do you just try to test it in free agency and say, I'm going to go somewhere where I can start right away? No. Uh, you know, it all depends on how long Aaron Rodgers wants to play. And Aaron Rodgers signed that three-year, $150 million extension, but he told us, look, it's really still year to year. The three-year thing was was a salary cap thing. And, you know, he said it to us a couple of weeks ago, look, hey, I'm leaving my options open. If I go out and win a Super Bowl and feel like that's how I want to go out, I'll go out if I go and have another bitter taste ending and bitter ending in my uh, mouth. Then maybe I come back. So Aaron Rodgers truly is, if he knows how long he's going to play, he's not saying. But I truly believe that he doesn't know how much longer he's going to play. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you this: when you when you look at Alan Lazard and what he's able to do, what mm. he was able to do last year, coming into this year, going to be the number one guy. Um, you see Romeo Dobbs and his progression and what he's going to probably be able to do in the future. And then you have yeah. a Christian Watson that you drafted to go to also go along with the Mari Rogers. Does that give Aaron Rodgers a sense of hope? Like, you know what? Maybe I need to stick around these three years because this group is young now, but this group can be really dynamic moving forward. Yeah, that's a great question. Four years ago, Rodgers was at the point in his career where he didn't want to work with rookie receivers. I'll, I'll never forget a day in training camp when it was the class with, of Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and EQ St. Brown, both of whom are – have gone elsewhere in free agency and, and he did not like the way they were working, did not like their attitude and effort. And he basically, you know, called him out um, after practice. And I thought to myself, well, there's no way this guy is going to, going to work with rookie receivers ever again. And he has totally changed that. In fact, I wrote a piece that ran, I think it was last Friday uh, on ESPN.com, just about how different Rogers has been with, you know, willing to take time with those guys. There was an example, Randall Cobb told me of an example of a question that came up in the receiver me, uh, meeting room that Romeo Dobbs had. And and uh, Cobb told him, hey, Romeo, go down to the quarterback's room, get Rodgers, bring him back down here, and let's see what he has to say. Well, Dobbs, as any rookie would do, would be like, really, you want me to go down to the quarterback <laughs> room and get him? Well, it turned out, guys, that Rodgers not only came back to the room, but he, he, he answered all their questions and, spent all this time with him. And that's a different, that is a different Aaron Rodgers than I have seen through uh, the early and middle stages of his career, which to your point um, does, you know, make me think that he's more willing to, you know, put the time in and, and, and if he really likes these guys might be more willing to stick around. So real quick, what was more surprising that or the haircut he showed up at training camp with? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know the, the haircut, Freddie. You can, you never you know you never know what he's going to do, but you always know he's going to do something. Uh, the 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 meeting uh, thing was was a big surprise to me because it's it's sort of the new softer, gentler Aaron Rodgers because he can be he can be difficult. And yeah. even Matt Lafleur, I remember this off season going, you know, when we asked him about how hard he is on rookie receivers, and he said, "Look, I've witnessed it." So 
Uh, you always know Rodgers is going to do something with facial hair and, and on top, but, uh, you know, so I, the Nick Cage look was, uh, it was, it was something. I don't think I could pull it off. Aaron Rodgers better be glad I wasn't one of them rookies. <laughs> I would have loved to see that, Keith. Oh, man, trust me. Trust me. <laughs> hey, Rob, keep it the great work, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. All right, guys. We'll be seeing you. Great stuff by Rob Domofsky, ESPN Green Bay Packers reporter. Hit him on Twitter, Rob Domofsky, joining Freddie Coleman, Keyshawn Johnson, Harry Douglas, part of Keyshawn, Jay Willem Max, and ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80, and your smart speakers. And which second-year quarterback is in the best position to succeed this year? That's next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Grainger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Listen to Keyshawn J. Will and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius X and Channel 80, as well as your smart speakers. So, so much to unwind when it comes to young quarterbacks like Jordan Love, Trey Lance, and even Lamar Jackson. Let's talk to a man who played in the NFL, now is an ESPN NFL analyst. He is Tim Hasselbeck. Hit him on Twitter at TT Hasselbeck. Tim, I'm going to start first with Lamar Jackson and wanting a contract, and he says he's not going to negotiate until after the season gets started. Once that happens, he's not negotiating his contract. What are your thoughts about maybe a mistake or not a mistake he's making by playing if he does not have a deal done? I actually don't think he's making a mistake if he – you know, doesn't get offered a deal he wants to accept prior to the season. And the reason I say it is, you know, in terms of making money, uh, you know, guys, quarterbacks that have gone to the, fr- the franchise tag route have been the highest paid players in the NFL by doing that. So whether it was Kirk Cousins doing it uh, in Washington, you know, there was a stretch where you know, he's the highest played, paid player in football. Same thing with Dak Prescott. And I think when you look at Dak's situation, you know, he suffered the injury. Like, that's the fear. 
but Dak suffers the injury and still is going to end up being, you know, the highest paid player in the NFL over a three-year stretch. Uh, so I think the same would probably be the case for Lamar Jackson. So I actually don't believe it's a mistake because the franchise tag route ultimately gets you paid. Um, you know, there's obviously a little bit more risk with it, a little bit more anxiety with it, but uh, I think ultimately Lamar still ends up getting paid. Yeah, Tim, the only pushback I will have um, in the case that Lamar Jackson, if he got injured in, in a way that Dak got injured, um, he would probably be able to get the same amount of money. I don't think so because Dak Prescott is not known for being a quarterback that can run the football like Lamar Jackson is. And if he suffers a lower body injury um, that was gruesome like uh, or in the ballpark mm-hmm. of a Dak Prescott, I'm pretty sure the Ravens organization, they're going to try to have some pushback and try to save every penny that they can and use that as one of their tactics saying, you know what, you suffered this injury. We know you love to run the football. We run the offense through you, uh, through your legs. We, you do utilize your arm, but we know your baseline is being a quarterback that's dynamic and can utilize their legs and, and create uh, mismatches defensive-wise for defensive coordinators. So that's why I don't believe that he can suffer an injury like Dak Prescott and still be one of the high, be the highest paid quarterback in the National Football League. Yeah, no, Harry. I mean, it's a that's a very fair point, and I think that um, listen, just like if a, if a quarterback, uh, you know, a pocket quarterback, you know, got tackled, and next thing you know, like tore his shoulder up, um, like that that would be the risk. Yeah, I, I think I guess what I'm saying is like, you know, to me, like a torn ACL, like it sounds great, like to me that wouldn't change it. Like, it, would it be ideal? No, it's obviously not ideal. But the way guys come back from, from, you know, those types of injuries, I think you survive, you know, you would survive it and still talking about a huge contract for Lamar. Um, it would have to be significant. And so, look, that, that's the risk. You know it. You played. Like, that, that's, the, that's the risk that you end up, you know, getting to. I, I will say this. The, I have felt all along like Lamar has been – content with the idea that he would maybe get to the franchise tag situation. Um, But I also would say, I think, you know, part of that was seeing the Deshaun Watson deal. Now the Deshaun Watson deal is so absurd (laughs) that I think it was going to make it harder to sign, uh, to sign Lamar just because it was so out of whack, like with the market. Now I think Kyler signing a deal helps a deal get done because I think it, it kind of reshuffles the market a little bit where you say, okay, look, he got a hundred and, you know, Kyler got 160 million guaranteed. All right. Well, we know Lamar should be more than that. All right. So, so can we get to 175 and be okay with that? Not 235 the way it would have had to been, you know, be, you know, coming off of the Watson deal. Tim Hasselbeck, ESPN NFL analyst. Hit him on Twitter, T.T. Hasselbeck. Joining us on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max with Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio. You look at the second-year quarterbacks. you got Trey Lance in San Francisco, Zach Wilson, even though he's injured the New York Jets, Mac Jones with New England, those guys trying to go in the second. Trevor Lawrence with Jacksonville, Justinville, Chicago. Which second-year quarterback, in your opinion, Tim, has the best chance for success in 2022? Well, I mean, best chance of success, I, I would say – Trey Lance because of the team that he's on and the play caller he's with. And look, I've been kind of banging the drum of like, hey, people need to be patient and cautious with Trey Lance just because he hasn't played a ton of football. I, I think the number is like four starts in, in roughly like the last 1,000 days. Hmm. Like, it's hard to 
be good at anything when you when you're not doing it that often. Right. Now, thought he got off to a great start in the preseason. I think Kyle Shanahan does as good a job as anybody at it kind of scripting guaranteed completions. He clearly has the tools to be an amazing player. Um, I, I think that that is my only concern is that I, look he's going to make mistakes just because I think he started like 24 games since leaving high school. He's not a ton of football um, for for Trey Lance, so that would be my concern with him. But in terms of being set up for success, in terms of team around him, style of play, all of that, I, I think it's Lance. Tim, I think a lot of people don't really understand the Shanahan offense and how difficult, number one, it is, but it really starts to thrive and take off in year two. And you've seen it with Matt Ryan in year one when he was there uh, with the Atlanta Falcons, Shanahan was coaching Matt Ryan. Wasn't so good, and even I even had conversations with Matt like, man, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get this stuff down. Mm-hmm. But then in year two, he has that MVP season. We see things take off. Uh, even with Aaron Rodgers, even though they went 13-3 and three that first year on the Matt LaFleur, it was a learning adjustment, a learning curve, right? But you see the following year, you see in last year, the offense starts to hit on all cylinders. I think that's important that you mention that because for a guy like Trey Lance in last year and a guy who hasn't played that much football, and I'm pretty sure his offense was nowhere near like it was that he's in right now, mm-hmm. that second year is going to mean a lot. And having that year to go through, and the same thing with Zach Wilson, that's why I think this injury stuff is – for him is, is is not good because he's going into the second year into that offense as well. And I think when you look at the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins being in that offense previously um, under, under, under Shanahan and Kevin O'Connell coming there now, I think you're going to see them be more dynamic. But the moral of the story is that year two in that offense is where things really start to pick up and turn over a lot more, especially for quarterbacks. Yeah, look, it's a difference between, you know uh... – knowing something and mastering something right and okay i just i i mean shoot through you know my time as a player certainly my time as an analyst like looking at guys that have had continuity of you know a system it makes a huge difference and look you just go back to you know your experience with matt ryan and look matt ryan is a smart quarterback he's learned a number of systems he's had a tremendous career um but like knowing it in year one of being like, oh, okay, yeah, like I know the play, I know what everyone does, like I, I got it. Versus you know mastering it, which is okay. Like we've called seventy-two X shallow cross, and I've seen it versus every single coverage, in <laughs> uh, every single blitz, and so I know the answer versus every different look, and I've experienced it. Like yeah, that that there's a there's a difference to that. There's no question about it, and so. You know, I think it's, that's why, you know, in any time there's change, you have to, you know, expect that there's going to be an adjustment. And look, fans don't like to hear that when you, you know, you're you're three and six, and they're like, wait a second, I thought we were supposed to be good this year. But yeah, look, that is the reality of it. And I think it also extends beyond quarterbacks. Like I, I think you can kind of start to make that case at every position where it's like, oh, okay. Like, there's a difference between knowing it and mastering it. 30 seconds left, Tim. How concerned are you about who's going to be calling plays for Mac Jones with the New England Patriots? Yeah, look, the kind of similar situation between, like, knowing it and mastering it. Like, I'm, I'm concerned, Freddie, and for, for this reason. I think you need to see the, same, the game the same way as the play caller. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, when a play comes in, like, know why. Know the why of why the, the call is coming in. Like, hey, you called two jet all go. Like, that's great. But, like, I know you're calling it because you want me to throw the check down because it's third and three. I think knowing the why is important for a quarterback. And when you have two different play callers, uh, guys that haven't done it before, I, I, I just I think it creates more of a challenge. Always a pleasure, Tim. Keep it the great work, partner. Talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. See you, fellas. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio. Everywhere you are. Here are Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max with Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Key will be back in a second after being on Get Up. And you want to know exactly why Keyshawn keeps using the brush to brush his waves. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I got to ask Keyshawn. We in high school. Keyshawn kid around this brush. Between every segment, he uh-huh. grabs this brush and he starts brushing his hair. Right. And I haven't seen anybody do that since probably high school. I was going to say, guys keeping the, get the sporting waves, yeah. keeping the waves tight. And I, I got to ask him, like, does he use um, – 360, does he use Sporting Wave? Does he use Duke? Remember Duke? Duke Pomade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I need mm. to know what he puts in his head. You got Murray's. But he doesn't have Murray's. There Murray's, go. that's yeah. good. Hey, Alan Yates, well still, done. He doesn't still have got stuff any in it. facial hair, so it's not like he's brushing his beard or anything. No, he's not. It's just mm-hmm. the top. Then he got his skin on the side. He got the uh, skin fade. Well, he's got the, high, he's got the yeah, old school yeah. fade. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think he needs to brush it between just about every commercial. <laughs> Sucks. Like, <laughs> that, that's the part that's bothering me he's right brushing now. brushing his skin. It's bothering I don't want his hair, uh, what do they call it, follicles, molecules, whatever they call Follicule. it. Yeah, Fo- follicles. 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 I don't want his hair follicles coming over here in my, in my, in my hot chocolate. Well, you can combine follicles, follicles and molecules and call them follicles. So I'm good with that. <laughs> You're able to combine that, number one. Number two, sometimes that's just something that people do because I remember for the longest time, one of my friends, he had, he had a beard mm-hmm. and he always had a brush. The brush is being like, dude, we're not going out anywhere. We're not going to a wedding. You're not going to a prom. He said, just something that I do. And some people just do that. Maybe he's one of those guys. I got to call him Pretty Boy Key. <laughs> the pretty boys do that. Carry around brushes and stuff easy, all day long. Man. Pretty Boy Key. Carry around a brush. Every commercial break. Brush it. But he brushes yeah. hard as hell. Freddie, oh, he it's not it like in. he brushes no, soft. He's getting it in. But for well, how well, hard he brushes, you would think he have like an ocean in his head, like a sea of waves. Well, the, the real question in Harry is, is what? what type of brush do we got? Do we got one of those medium brushes that's soft? Oh, I'm about to go touch it. Really is it a quick. hard brush? Like, no, it's, it's, kind of, it's, it's, got the, it's got the black bristles. It's kind of like the old school, kind of like brown brush so with the black bristles. Man, you got, a, you got a boil the damn rock. <laughs> it probably, I'm sure those bristles are hard. Oh, he's going to have to boil the brush. 
So I, I know, know y'all did that growing up. So, so now yeah. I know Dandruff probably falling out too because the brush so doggone hard. We've gotten way too deep into this brush yeah. conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're coming going from deep. the guy with the frohawk though. Wait, whoa, whoa, no, no, <laughs> this guy's no, sick. no. Harry don't got the frohawk. No, no, no. He's got the he's got a hey, tight up top. Nice. My yeah, exactly. wife loves this dude. That's why yeah, I still yeah, that's all that matters. My wife just, loves I mean, you and Harden, y'all the only ones with that. It's cool. Ain't nothing. No, wait a minute. Harry doesn't have a frohawk. Stop. See, that's how stuff gets started. No, no, no. James Harden's got the hawk period harry don't got the fro hawk got length no. i can grip the top of his head up right now you Bro may hawk. be able to do that Whoa, but it doesn't go Yates. into the back why would you be trying to grip the top of my head yeah. anyway Yates, I'm, what the I'm, hell we got yeah, why are you trying to I'm grip the top saying, of dude's man. head to begin with yeah. what, what's up with that Let's see if you got murray's and i don't know oh, no okay. that's not that's a lie now you're lying now got five seconds you, you, please natural curls up here every day more lies from alan yates now we're talking. I just literally let Key know we just had a nice little conversation yes, about his brush and him his brushing his hair and your brush being harder than a rock. Yeah. <laughs> he brushed it right now. <laughs> He's doing it right now. The Key, I said for as hard as you brush your hair, right, uh-huh. you would think you had like an ocean of waves in your hair. Oh, they coming. They coming. I promise you by yeah. the end of the week, yeah. you're going to get seasick. Oh, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> Cause we back together on Friday. We back together here on Friday. So. Yes, yeah. So we'll see if, if Harry's gonna need like some drama. Yeah. Man, I better be sick. Oh Lord, seasick. That's something I get. I get seasick very easily. I've never got a chance to oh. get seasick. I've been on enough man, cruises. Man, <laughs> they are saying you Chicago from poetic justice. So what, what are you guys talking about? You guys were with Tim Hasselback, huh? Yes, we were. Yes, we're here at Keisha J. Maxfield Radio. No, he was on the phone. He I don't can't think use you can. Your I don't think he can. There's no way he can use your brush. Look at Freddie he has like less him. hair than I do. <laughs> I yeah, he, can't use it he used that brush, man. He's gonna need to go to the doctor. <laughs> Have some surgery. So, what are we talking about here? Well, first things first. The ESPN Fantasy Football Marathon kicks off tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN. Download the ESPN Fantasy app, the most popular fantasy sports app. It makes playing ESPN Fantasy Football easy, fun, and fast. Updates to gameplay in the ESPN Fantasy app include new scoring and league management tools with more new features and updates on the way throughout the season. Sign up at ESPN.com slash FFL or download the ESPN Fantasy app. We talk about second-year quarterbacks in the best possible position. We can kind of put Jalen Hurts in that category because he didn't play a lot his first year, played a lot last year, and many people are wondering, hey, if this guy can make that step up, even though it's his third year, many people believe this well, Eagles really a, team. It, it's really a second it's year. It's really a second year. So yeah. that's a second-year quarterback that a lot of people are wondering, what could he look like? And if he looks anywhere near what they believe he can, this Eagles team may want to win in the division in the NFC East. That is a strong possibility. I think Jalen Hurts is a good young quarterback who is impressive, who's starting to continue to go, you know, carry his his um, his load, continuing to impress the coaching staff. Fan bases listen to media, and when the media start to talk about they have a first-round pick here and a second-round pick there, and they can go get a quarterback here, mm-hmm. best quarterback class in years and all that, mm-hmm. it starts to make people think that Jalen Hurts can't play football. Right. Jalen Hurts can play. But this all goes back, and I'll say it again and again and again to I turn purple in the face, Harry, because it goes back to his days at Alabama when he essentially lost his starting position on a throw from Tua to Smith in the national championship game, and Tua was essentially handed the starting job at that point in time. Everybody assumed Jalen Hurts couldn't play anymore. Right. Then he came back when Tua got hurt, led them, helped them get to the national championship then he eventually transfers to Oklahoma, not because he couldn't play, but because he wanted an extra year, mm-hmm. and he was able to do that and go to Oklahoma, 
become a Heisman-type favorite player, set records and do all those sort of things. Then he gets drafted in the second round versus some others that go in the first round, and people automatically assume he's not good anymore. And that's not the case. He's always been good. Nick Saban didn't have to play Tua. He could have continued to play Jalen Hurts. And then Tua time would eventually came, and we may not even be having this conversation about the what-ifs. I'm going to take it a step further. Okay. The way I see this team, the Eagles, and Jalen Hurts, I think he's going to be the best quarterback in the NFC East this year. Okay. I truly believe that. When you look at their team, especially the offense and how they're constructed, they have the best wide receiver room in the NFC East. They have the best tight end in the NFC East. They have the number one rushing offense in the National Football League. And they have the best offensive line Mm -hmm. in the NFC East. Might be the NFL. Okay. So when I look at all those things Mm -hmm. and I look at Jalen Hurts and how great of a leader he is, and then they gave him a guy with a catch radius, right? They gave him a Keyshawn Johnson, a guy that you could just throw the football up to and he can win those. I don't call them 50-50 balls. When you have a guy like A.J. Brown, I call them 100-100 balls. <laughs> Not 100-100. I call them 100-100 balls because my guy is going to go up and make that play most of the time. What's that key? You, what, what's that? I already say A.J. Brown in my name, so I, I didn't know what. No, no, I'm just saying. Catch radius. Oh, okay. Catch radius, okay. I just was, you know. he, he heard you. He just wanted you to say it again. Yeah, catch radius. <laughs> he I, I just to, was, but know? it's something to be said for, like, when you have a guy, because I thought that's what the Eagles were lacking last year. Yeah, then you right? got that one-on-one coverage. You open. have all these small receivers that you're trying yeah. to throw jump balls to. That doesn't work. I need a bigger body guy that, that can go up on two people, and A.J. Brown has proven that. We've seen how good Ryan Tannehill has been with the A.J. Brown because he has that catch radius. Whenever you have a young quarterback, though, it's important for the front office and general manager to go get not a old veteran, mm-hmm. but a mild young veteran wide receiver. Right. Whether it's Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, whether it's Carr and Adams, whether it's Hopkins and Murray. And now you see what they essentially have done. Right. They've gone out and got a, a, a young veteran type receiver in A.J. Brown to help Jalen Hurts out. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what you have to do. The Rams did it, right? They went out and they got Cooks. They went out and got Robert Woods. They drafted Cooper Cup to go with a young Jared Goff. It just didn't work the way they wanted to, sure. although they went to the Super Bowl with that particular crew. You got to look at what they've been able to do, and this is one of the things that I say about some of these young struggling quarterbacks. When you talk about Baltimore Ravens, for instance, Lamar Jackson, they've yet to go out and acquire – that middle kind of mild veteran wide receiver right. to go along with Lamar. I know they drafted Bateman. They tried Sammy Watkins. All those doing that. Hollywood Round yeah, as well. No, I'm talking about an established four-year, three, yep. four, five-year type veteran guy that's mm. not on the back end, but right at the, the, the meat part of his career, they need to go find one. So Lamar Jackson can become Lamar. That's the great thing about what the about what the Philadelphia Eagles just did for Jalen Hurts. About Keyshawn Johnson, Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman, and Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio because Brown fits what the Eagles do. The Eagles offensively are very similar to the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, Jalen Hurts is not running around like Lamar Jackson, but they play a lot of reoption. They have a quarterback that can make plays out the pocket. They're going to run the football, but in that offense, you need big body wide receivers. And AJ Brown, to your point. When, if he has one-on-one coverage, you're saying if we put the ball in his area code, we trust he's going to come down to football. And it's been proven. Right. The Ravens have a guy like that, but he plays tight end. Yep. He's really good at it, but he plays tight end. More than ever before, if you're going to have that kind of offensive style in Philadelphia with a young quarterback in Jalen Hurts, you got the tight end. 
and, and Goddard, who can really play. But now you bring A.J. Brown, and you need a guy like that in that division. you got to, you got to play Trayvon Diggs twice a year. That's a big-body cornerback that can physical up on people and had 11 interceptions last year. They said, we're not going to let that guy bully our wide receivers like the way the Cowboys did in two games against the and, Eagles last year. And Nick Sirianni's a, a great coach, according to Pat Costello now all of a sudden. <laughs> he, he, he loves Nick. Nick is, the greatest, Nick is the greatest coach in Philadelphia Eagles in the history of the Eagles, according to Pat Costello. Doug Peterson just, one, Nick Sirianni two, baby. Just last year, last year, why did we hire this tool? He can't uh, – look at his press conference. They were calling him names. I mean, like, no come doubt. on, seriously. Mm-hmm. So unbelievable. Well, you know what it is. One year when all of a sudden somebody does something you don't expect because when Nick Sirianni was hired as a head coach, a lot of people said, man, they made a mistake here. But remember, they said the same thing about Dan Campbell of the Detroit Lions. You can be biting off people's kneecaps. Now, a year later, people are like, yeah, that's the kind of coach we need with the Detroit Lions. If you're Nick Sirianni, he was able to Keyshawn to go about his way and say, hey, we're going to do it this way. I trust the players we're going to yeah. get. We're going to make that work. And all of a sudden, they make the playoffs, and everybody's saying, hey, Nick Sirianni's the right guy in Philadelphia. Well, I think the quarterback's the right guy. I do. I think Jalen Hurts is the right guy. That's more important. I didn't think it's about more, that. It's yeah. more important to me. Mm-hmm. And I think when you look at what they've been able to do, drafting the defensive players from Georgia, signing the receivers, bringing in guys that can help this football team get to where their ultimate goal is, a championship, I think they got a championship quarterback. It'll look different. Okay. It's not going to look the same as Tom Brady. What is it going to look like, though? It's going to look like you've seen over the last year and in, in, in a half or so with him being able to pull the ball down, make hay with his feet, but at the same time still be de- deliver the football in sync. That's what you want in your quarterback. The game has changed. Ain't no more Joe Fleckos and Peyton Mannings running around in the National Football League now. All of the quarterbacks, with the exception of – Tom Brady that play in the National Football League that's having success, right? They can all put it on the ground. Yeah, and uh, every last one. Well, look at a guy Aaron Rodgers who can run. He can put bit. it on the ground when he needs to. Yeah, at Josh Allen put it on the ground. Yep. I mean, you can go on and on and on. Those are the guys having the success, not the Sub Zero statue, uh, uh, gravy boot <laughs> quarterbacks that was playing when I played. I never heard of gravy boot before. Gravy boots, like they it. can't move. It's they heavy. Can. Oh, I they get it. Stuck. I just said I never heard it. I got it. Greedo Mike Greenberg is next. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Max on the mighty ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.